0: Basketball is Hood. It's time for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast with Jonathan Hood. You love basketball, you've come to the right place. It is NBA trade deadline day. It's come and gone. And the Bulls, they didn't do anything. The Bulls did not make a move. And I'm totally fine with it. And the reason why I am is because if you're a Bulls fan, you've got to be overjoyed by the way the Bulls have played so far this year. They spent a lot of time in the number one position in the Eastern Conference. They've been one of the upper echelon teams in the East all season long as we get ready for the all-star break in Cleveland. So you look at this team and you see that it's not the Zach Levine show. DeMar DeRozan has always been a solid shooter. He's always been a professional shooter. But he has been able to play above and beyond so far this year for this Bulls team. The mid-range is sweet. The defense is solid. And so this team is very good. So it's Zach Levine. It is DeMar DeRozan. And then from there, Nikola Vucevic, a guy that walks in the gym and gives you 20 and 10. But even more so than that, Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. Let me talk about Lonzo Ball for a second. I remember talking to someone in New Orleans about Lonzo Ball, and I said, has his three-point shooting or just shooting in general improved from when he first started in the league? He said, absolutely, because he worked on it. And also very good on the defensive end as well as a lead guard. And so Lonzo Ball is very key for this basketball team when he returns. But you think, well, if Lonzo Ball's not there and the Bulls aren't very good, and that's not true either because we've seen Alex Caruso. I said this many, many times about Alex Caruso. You know what the Lakers are going through right now? They wish they had an Alex Caruso. He's just one of these guys that's just a glue guy for a team, and he's out. And Patrick Williams, he's just 20 years of age, but there's so much upside with Patrick Williams. People like that he has a defensive presence, and he's out. So you know the moves that the Bulls are going to make? The moves they're going to make is that they're going to get healthy. That's the moves they're going to make, right? So those three guys I just mentioned, Ball. And also Patrick Williams and Caruso. Whenever those guys return, then the Bulls will be much better off. There's no question about that. But I look at this team, and I see a team that showed a lot of resolve. I see a team that's been able to score a lot of points. Do you remember when it was a struggle for the Bulls to score? When it was Zach Levine and the others? If you're a Bulls fan, again, you never are satisfied because you want to see an NBA championship. But the idea that the Bulls had to make some kind of major move or be able to get a piece or two hey they've got an opportunity after this deadline to pick up someone at some point that's going to be waived but at this point the moves they have to make is just to get healthy right it doesn't matter to me that the bulls are the number one seed in the eastern conference doesn't necessarily mean if they're if they're number two number three it doesn't matter if you're a bulls fan you should just want them to be healthy and then you see what happens I don't think there's any doubt that the Bulls are going to win a playoff series. Can they win two? That'd be great, right? But all I know is that this team is very, very good. And I'm not putting any pressure on Kerner Showers and Eversley, the front office of the Bulls, to say, oh, why do you make this move? Why do you get this big guy? Yeah, the Bulls are not a perfect product. I've said many times, the Bulls need to be a lot better defensively if they actually do want to win a second round of the playoffs. Because Vucevic is not necessarily a great defender. The team overall is not a great defensive team, but they do work well together defensively to get steals, get turnovers, and go back the other way in transition. But this team will find a big. It's the first time in a long time that you look at the Bulls and say, you know what? They've done a lot of things right. Again, put Garden packs in the rearview mirror. This is an organization From Billy Donovan and his coaching staff, has done a great job, to a front office that sees what's needed for this team. And so for the first time in a while, you can actually have trust in the front office that they see what we see, that there'll be maybe a player or two, but not necessarily mortgaging the future. Kobe White and Ayo DeSumo can play on this team and help the bench. Uh, you can see now that Lonzo Ball can be a really good guard for this team. You can see that DeMar DeRozan's coming to his own. So all I know is this, is that it's one of the few times during the trade deadline that the Bulls didn't do anything, and I'm okay with it. In years past, you're like, dude, don't you need the, don't you know they need more? You know they need to have this player and that player? Not this year. At some point, The Bulls will pick up someone, but for right now, it's about health, it's about them being able to come together, and no matter how it ends, at the end of the regular season, the Bulls will be a very, very tough out in the playoffs. What's up, everybody? It's Jonathan Hood for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Go to DraftKings.com or download the DraftKings app. Man, it's Super Bowl time. It's Super Bowl time. Yes, you got to check it out. The NBA playoffs is right around the corner. You got to think about your futures there. But the NBA games continue as well as the NCAA with college basketball and so much more. Check it out uh, at the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. DraftKings is the place you go. DraftKings is the leader for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Okay, so you heard my initial thoughts about the Chicago Bulls. Uh, that was on Instagram, I G J hood, where you can find me on Instagram. And I want you to know that good karma brands, that's the company I work for. You can follow along at good karma brands on Instagram. We did our first NBA show on good karma brands and it was on Instagram and it was led by Evan Cohen. Evan Cohen is, uh, uh, part of the Good Karma Brands company as a vice president. Also, he ho- one of the hosts of Morning Men on Series XM, uh, Mad Dog Radio, and he's a big Miami Heat fan. We were joined by Aaron Goldhammer and Emmett Golden, my friends from ESPN Cleveland. Also, Ben Bruss from ESPN Milwaukee. I was part of the show as well. pratik uh, also was part of the show. Someone who knows the NBA backwards and forwards uh, and so much more. It was a wild time uh, for this Instagram Live. This is right after the NBA trade deadline was done. And that same evening, we decided to all come together and have a NBA trade deadline show. So we're going to cover a lot here on this particular Instagram Live. I just want you to hear the audio. If you missed it, again, you could follow along at Good Karma Brands, uh, good, K-A-R, ma brands and but i just want you to hear the audio the back and forth of this juicy nba conversation the bulls and so much more as we talk about all the moves uh at the trade deadline led by evan cohen from our company again this is the first time they were doing this and uh I understand that David Kaplan pops his head in there in the comments and gives his thoughts about what's going on as well. Uh, So enjoy this here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. It's exclusive from Instagram Live as we talk about the NBA trade deadline. Here's Evan Cohen.
1: Okay, I think we're in. Yes, Prateek says we're in. Welcome to the show. Evan Cohen with you here on uh, the GKB Instagram page. Thank you all for joining us tonight for our trade deadline special. I think we're in. I have no idea if we're in. Are you on right now, Pratik? Yes, we are live. Okay. No, but I mean, you actually are on camera.
2: Yes, unfortunately.
1: Okay, that's on purpose. I didn't know. So uh, thank you all for for being a part of it. Uh, At Good Karma Brands, of course, on Instagram. This is awesome. I uh, have no idea what I'm doing. I don't have Instagram. I don't know how to do this, but this should be fun. Uh, We're going to do some... NBA trade deadline stuff, obviously. We're gonna have a bunch of guests throughout the night. Our sound is okay, can people tell me? No one can hear me, is what they're saying. I can hear you. Okay, well I can hear you, so. I have no idea. I have no idea if this is working. Okay, all right, well, that's on you if it's not working. All right, so the biggest move move of the day today, obviously, is the Nets and the um, Sixers deal. Which we had heard about forever—the Ben Simmons James Harden deal, which was rumored for so long—and it really is—it really is remarkable
3: looking back on it.
1: Because how many times did we all sit here saying, "Is this trade actually going to happen with Ben Simmons?" I mean, the guy doesn't play all season long, and Daryl Morey, the president GM of the uh, Sixers, says, "Well, I'm not going to trade him unless I get a top twenty-five, top thirty player back." We're all laughing at it, and there's no way you are going to get a top 25, top 30 player back. And the reality is he found a way after all of this time to get a top 25 and top 30 player back in James Harden. We didn't think that that could happen. But in a weird way, and I'll give you who I thought won and lost, but in a weird way, I think tonight every single party involved in that trade thinks they won, like legitimately thinks they won. I think Ben Simmons and his team at Clutch Sports is looking at it and saying, We sat out all year. We didn't want to play for the Sixers. We want to be a part of a championship team. And we end up going to Brooklyn to play with Kevin Durant. So, I mean, he's got to look at it and say, not only is that a win, you can actually stick it to your former team by actually going up and and beating them potentially in the postseason and playing them in the postseason. I'm saying they think they won, right? James Harden, who really, if you think about it, almost reminds me in a way of Brett Favre, where he needed to find a stopover before he got to where he wanted to get to. When Ford was leaving the Packers, he wanted to go to the Vikings. I think that was, that was pretty clear. But the Packers wouldn't accommodate, so he had to go to the Jets first. Looking back on it, and I know people say, well, well, he had an opportunity to go to the Sixers and he chose the Nets. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure if he actually had an opportunity to go to the Sixers, because I don't think they were going to trade him to Daryl Morey, their former president of basketball operations. I don't, I don't buy that. So we had to stop over in Brooklyn, and let's let's be clear on this. James Harden is not a Nets because Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving. And I'm not even talking about vaccination stuff right now. I'm saying Kyrie Irving ruins teams. I mean, factually, yes, he he had the biggest shot in Cavs history, but he broke up the Cavs. Kyrie Irving broke up the Celtics, and now he broke up the the old version of the Nets. But the reality here is I think that James Harden looks at himself and says, hey, I won because I'm with MV. I look at it completely differently. I look at it this way. For me, I think tonight the Brooklyn Nets are a better team than they were last night. Like 100% better. Ben Simmons can guard five positions. Kevin Durant is an underrated defensive player. If Kyrie Irving plays, that's an an add-on. Plus, you have Seth Curry, who's an awesome shooter. We know that. And Andre Drummond actually in a weird way in a spot role could help them because they're probably going to need somebody to guard and be as crazy as that sounds. I hate this move from the Sixers' perspective. I think when we look back at Joel Embiid, who's a god in Philly, who is the arguably the MVP of the league, and who's handled this situation with Ben Simmons, I think perfectly by kind of just staying out of it this season. Not not the entire time, but this season. I think when we look back at Simmons's career, I'm uh, sorry, uh, Embiid's career, I think that we're going to look back at this moment and say that's where his Philly career ended. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. I think ultimately his Philly career is going to take a bad turn because Harden's going to get even worse, maybe not this year, but long-term. And then after that, I think he's going to be out of shape, and I know what that looks like, and also overpaid. Like, I mean, he's, he's going to be all that. And you saw ESPN today, Bobby Marks, their front office insider, said this is going to be one of the worst contracts in the NBA over the course of time because it's going to be like a John Wall contract. It's going to be like a Russell Westbrook contract, and you're going to see it as a really, really bad contract. Prateek, before we get to Aaron Goldhammer in Cleveland, your thoughts there. Obviously, you you have covered the Bucs and the Heat in the past and followed the NBA as closely as anybody. Your thoughts on the, on the biggest deal of the deals today.
2: I don't think I hate Philly's end of it as much as it sounds like you do. I don't think James Harden is, is a positive asset at this point. But I think if you're the Sixers, you don't know what Embiid's history, or you don't know what his future is with his injury history. I think with him playing as well as he is, You are getting literally zero out of Ben Simmons this year. I think you had to go all in if you wanted a shot at things. I don't know that you can really build around Embiid for the future like you would other young assets because of his injury history. And I think if you're having a year like you're getting out of Embiid, I think you have to try and make moves to capitalize on how well he's playing now. And unfortunately for them, that ended up being James Harden. But I don't... I mean, you know, winning solves everything. And I think you're going to be able to justify this if they are able to make a deep run. But... Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to see how any situation plays out where you trade for James Harden and it ends well because there's no proof of that at this
1: point. Right, it hasn't. Like, every single teammate he's ever had, like, he's broken up with and They've broken up with him. From the Thunder days initially to Dwight Howard to Chris Paul to Russell Westbrook to now KD. And I guess, I was I was watching this before we came on, I guess, did Harden go last in the All-Star draft? They, <laughs> I just, I, I... Aaron, he did so. Aaron Goldhammer, ESPN Cleveland, the number one low to mid market show that airs nine to one on ESPN Cleveland in America post right now. Um, so Aaron, um, he went last in the draft, which probably like, great projector setup. I that's that's pretty impressive. You got going there.
4: I, I do, well. Thank you. It's our friends uh, at Extend Technologies, X T E N D A B dot com. <laughs> If you're in the uh, Cleveland area, really, they can help you out if you're anywhere in the world. Yeah, so this was wild, Evan. So I don't know if you guys might have been trying to learn about Instagram while this was happening, but they had, the reserves were going back and forth and Ernie and Kenny and Chuck and Shaq were on TNT ribbing Durant, trying to get him to take James Harden every time his pick came up. And he was refusing to do it and he took, you know, uh, Zach Levine went off the board and he was taking DeJounte-Murray and he's gone. Did you just he's make
1: DeJounte-Murray gone. French? DeJounte-Murray?
4: Is that what yes. you just did? Like, I just the game last night. I had a little caps first last night. By the way, do you guys like my vest? This is the first ever vest I've ever owned. I don't know how it's coming across. Anyway, uh, so... No, no, picks, I'm not into it. Last two picks. Uh, so Durant takes Gobert. LeBron is laughing so hard that he has to hold a clipboard up over his face because he's about to fall over on on TV. And Harden was the last pick of the All-Star Draft onto Team LeBron. So he and Harden will not be playing on the same team. Then LeBron asked if he was injured, and Barkley said, oh, he's healthy now. He got traded, so he's healthy now.
1: LeBron, by the way, also had the single biggest jug of water I've ever seen in my life. He, like, had, like, the, the jug that you put in a water fountain, just like a handheld jug during that, in the early portion of that draft. All right, Aaron, your your thought on uh, your thoughts on Harden-Simmons first before we get into any other trades today. Um,
4: well, the first thing that I thought of, you know, the NBA sometimes is defined by numbers. You know, Wilt Chamberlain's got 100, and Jordan's got six rings. I've never seen a guy in sports demand a trade twice in a year. I think that's the first time ever in sports history that that's ever happened. So I, I think you could look at this from like a basketball standpoint, and try to find out how Harden and Embiid are going to fit together and how Simmons coming back is going to play. But to me, I just think James Harden has lost a tremendous amount of respect amongst his peers. Um, and I think he's going to have to win the title in order to win that back. Otherwise, this is going to be his reputation forever as a player. Guys, I think the Nets won this deal. Because I think Ben Simmons has become a criminally underrated player because of what happened in one playoff series last year in a Game 7 against Atlanta. He's probably the best defensive player in the league,
1: especially out on the perimeter. He's not the best defensive player in the league. Stop.
4: uh, uh, I love
1: Ben Simmons more than what Draymond Green is a better defensive player and has impacted winning plays for a team that has won a ton. You just hate Draymond. As a Cavs guy now
4: Draymond is a better team defender But as an on-ball defender I'm not sure I'd want anybody more than Ben Simmons And I just think that like The three guys in Brooklyn who only played 16 games together uh, Harden and Kyrie and Durant It just was never going to work And so now I think That Brooklyn got better today I'm not convinced that Philly got better today because I think Seth Curry is such a great fit for them and what they needed and what they were doing. And now they bring this disgruntled, out-of-shape, half-injured guy who they're going to be leading on a ton, and Harden's never been a good playoff player. Um, I, I I would give Brooklyn the edge here in what, was, in what went down today. I think Brooklyn really got better here with this.
2: I think it's just like how long the, until Harden's disgruntled again, right? Like if you get a period now post-trade where he's like even just a little gruntled and he's not all the way there and you know you have to find a jersey that changes sizes every three days like if he's fine to play at least through the playoffs and even if too, you too, play- too
1: close to home on that please
2: oh, sorry um, even if you don't if you get normal hardened playoffs who like does not have any signature moments and has proven year after year that he's just like hasn't get, hasn't been able to be the guy you're replacing zero production Out of Ben Simmons with James Harden,
1: and I get well. That's that's the argument for that's the argument for the Sixers because you can't look at it almost as you're trading Simmons for Harden. You're looking at it as are you willing to trade Seth Curry and Andre Drummond for James Harden based on players that are currently playing? Right. So that is definitely a fair argument. You know, the other part of this is. And I, I was on today with um, with Howard Beck on NBA Radio, and he does you know SI and everything. And he said he brought up a good point. He said his picking of title teams is solely based on the lack of volatility that a team has. And he, what his whole point was is like Milwaukee, there's no like riding a roller coaster right now. They'll just find a way to add Ibaka. And he said you know the Heat, same kind of thing. They're just going to like get guys back. His point was there's. Regardless of who you think won the trade, the reality is between Philly and Brooklyn, there's a lot of acclamation that needs to go on between now and June if they think they're going to win a championship. Now, Aaron, I want to just, and we'll have Emmett on also later in Cleveland, from a Cavs perspective. So this is a team, you know, it's interesting. Think about the last three years of NBA Finals. You have a, you have a theme, a surprise team and a favorite. Raptors, Warriors. Raptors, surprise, Warriors, favorite. Heat-Lakers. Lakers' favorite, Heat surprise. And then last year, Bucks favorite, Suns' surprise. Theoretically, theoretically, your team that you cover, you and it and the team at ESPN Cleveland, like, they would fit under that surprise team. I'm not saying that they're going to make the finals, but with the Karis trade the other day and and the volatility of some of the teams that made moves today, like, are we feeling better or worse about the Cavs if you're a Cavs fan right
4: I'm probably feeling worse just because if the Sixers did nothing then that's a team that I think the Cavs could beat in a series. Now with two mega stars like Harden and Embiid, on paper that looks like a bigger challenge. Um, And then I think Brooklyn just straight up got better, I think they just got tougher to beat and a worse matchup for everybody. So I'd be hard pressed now to find, you know, I think the Cavs today were 21 to 1 in uh, Vegas to win the East. And I I just now think that if they're able to win a series, that's an incredible accomplishment for them. But I would say they're huge underdogs against Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Philly if they were to run into any of those three teams in a series. To me, they look like they're jockeying with the Bulls to be the fourth-best team in the East. And if they won a series and they had a chance against one of those teams with more experience, I think that would be a great experience for them. If I had to pick a team for them to face, though, Evan, in round two, I'd love a shot at the Sixers just because we talked about Harden's playoff experience, but also you pair Harden's playoff experience with Doc Rivers' recent playoff experience. And I don't know if, you know, Philly got better on paper, but I'm curious to see how that all plays out in practice.
1: Did you think the Cavs would make another move today? I like I, if you did? Yeah,
4: yeah. I, I thought they'd get a backup point guard because I think they're desperate for one. But Evan Rondo has been so good for them that I think they're just comfortable going with them as their backup point guard. And they got to hope now they stay healthy because without Sexton and uh, Rubio, their margin for error is
1: significantly less. But remember, the backup point guard, you're going to see a ton of buyouts there. Drogic is going to get bought out by San Antonio. DJ Augustine already got released. Dennis Schroeder will get bought out by Houston. And I'm not saying that the Cavs are going to get those guys, but the trickle-down of who gets them may set up other guys to be
4: released. Maybe, but I don't think the Cavs are a sexy buyout destination at this stage of their development. When they had LeBron, yes, if you were chasing a ring, you'd come here. But I don't think now that anyone really looks at them as a serious championship contender. I think they're the feel-good story of the league, but I don't think they're a title contender at all
1: all right let's get benny bucks in here ben brust uh analyst for the milwaukee bucks as well as uh Scalzo and Brust four to six looks wide awake very into this uh Michael, ben... just, are,
5: are you uh are you a Heat fan i can't tell
1: are you a d-bag fan i can't tell
5: wow
2: he didn't call you when he said you're a fan of him
1: yeah no i just didn't yeah exactly um so couple, first weigh in on Simmons and um, and Harden before we get to the Bucks who I personally thought made an unbelievable move today.
5: Uh the Nets got better. I don't care what anyone says about Simmons and him quitting on his team. The Nets are better for having When that. you say anyone, anyway, it's Cap. It's David
1: Cap in Chicago. Just,
5: it's Cap. It's Cap that's going nuts. We're gonna get Cap on. Actually, when does Cap <laughs> have a take that actually makes sense? Like it's just he shoots it against the wall and says, No shot or shot. It's just <laughs> there's it's, ben simmons can guard like I, I heard you all five positions they added a shooter to their team and not to mention when you guys talk about they have a short period and a short window to get the team to work together you have the great eraser and kevin durant as the guy who can go get a bucket at, at, at any point at any point how funny will it be if if Kyrie somehow just plays the away games and you have your home point guard and simmons like I, like, you just say, you have more options as a team. No, you end.
1: can't do that. You can't, I, like... I, I know. No, I, know, I, know, that I play that out. But Ben, Ben, play that out for a second. You just said something that is actually very interesting. Like, do you actually believe that they could do... Like, if they could split the offense that way?
5: I, I don't. I think it would be fascinating to see if they do. I don't think that's possible. You can't do that in the playoffs. You have to build continuity each game if you're going to win a seven-game series and go win an NBA title. Um, but look, again, they also got picks. Like it's it's insane the amount that was given up for james harden as you guys have mentioned a guy who's just getting older the contract's terrible and joel mb like what has joel mb done thus far to make us feel like all right james harden's the answer now so again i just feel like the nets won because they added more to their team they were already good they already have the best score in the nba and it makes it a tougher out no matter what adding ben simmons is a guy who's versatile and in a, a guy with a chip on his shoulder now, and all the caps of the world that are doubting him, he's looking for a fresh start. And a fresh start for Ben Simmons could be
1: huge. All right, let's talk about the Bucks. They made a four-team deal. They gave up Dante Divincenzo, who I mean, I think has value. I think he's a good defender, uh, but he may not have as much value for them. When I saw this deal today, and this is the first deal of the day that came through. I could not believe that they ended up with Ibaka because we heard so many rumors about who they may end up. If Ibaka is healthy, I mean, like literally been perfect for what they need, correct? Or no? What What Ibaka does is he
5: stretches the defense with his ability to shoot, and he protects the rim, which is what they need. If with the uncertainty, with with hopefully some certainty moving forward with Brook Lopez, it's huge. like I think I think Dante's value was down and for the bucks to end up with the Baca, knowing that dante given shenjo's trade value was down i think this is a win you added depth to the front court i still think you know the bucks lack a little bit of athletic athleticism you know like they're just missing like bobby portis not athletic chris middleton not athletic you have Connaughton and allen who are basically you know again when i say athletic i'm judging at the six seven six eight wing offensive rebound versatile defender they don't have that.
1: So now well, let me just interrupt teams. on one thing. Ben, let me just interrupt on one thing. Aaron, can you confirm as an athlete are they not athletic? You're a great athlete, Aaron Goldhammer. All right,
4: they are they are athletic.
1: Okay, they are. Go back to you, Ben. <laughs> um <laughs> well, no, <laughs> hold on.
4: Actually, Evan, I have no idea what you asked me because I'm trying to figure out how to tweet a link to this thing on Twitter
5: <laughs> <like, laughs> and I wasn't even listening to
1: what, you were saying. So no what you're saying. Great, awesome. Ben back to you.
5: Best looks great, Aaron. Um, and again, the, now the Bucks. If if they don't sign Greg Monroe after his ten day, that's three spots that the Bucks have to fill with buyout opportunities. So, like, I think if if the Bucks are a destination, they are the reigning world champions. And and I think what I love most about where the Bucks are right now is they did what the Nets and what Billy's doing a long time ago by getting Drew Holiday. Like they locked in their main three core and won a world championship with that core now did some things go their way absolutely but did they win the world championship yes with brooke lopez being out we've seen bobby portis be a different player like he's been unbelievable on this road trip getting a shot back so if you add Ibaka and brooke lopez to the world champions and add some potential buyout players on the team i think them sitting at seven to one right now behind some teams and the odds to win the nba finals like just steal in terms of value
1: Ben, when you look at, at the box in terms of uh, this move, does it tell you that Brook is not coming back? I know you mentioned him, but like, does it give you the hint that he's not coming back at all?
5: No, it does not. I think it's just it was the opportunity of showing that Dante. That was the. Of Dante's value, I think you honestly would have wanted to get more out of Dante DiVincenzo. They looked to sign him to a long-term deal that he didn't want, so they've maximized what they could get out of Dante, which is Ibaka. And, and it was win. It was front-court depth. It to me, like is Ibaka a guy that's going to play meaningful, deep run playoff minutes? I think you know that's yet to be seen. I would I would lean on the fact that that's a good good to have, knowing that. I'm positive and in, in more on the positive mindset that Brooke Lopez will be back to help this team. Now that's the Bucks piece. You talk about the Nets piece and Philly's piece on getting acclimated with teams. How does Brooke Lopez get reacclimated as Bobby Portis has stepped up? And you're going to likely add some buyout pieces and getting Serge Ibaka in the mix. But you have your core three in Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis that have played really well as of the last three games. And they get her sh- and lost in all of this is the is the NBA Finals rematch
1: tonight at 9 o'clock. Pratik, as a Clippers fan, am I personally lost in remembering Serge Ibaka as a member of the Thunder and Raptors? Like, can he play still or no? Well, I mean, unfortunately for the Clippers, we just didn't
2: see him really much until this. What is Ben? What is so funny,
1: Ben?
5: Ben's cracking up. I just keep looking at Cap's tweets or uh, messages right now, and he's the best.
1: Yeah. So now there's a big debate. Cap is amazing. I freaking love Cap. There's a part of me that's like, don't let him on to let his head explode. Like, it almost is like, is this a better bit with Cap to not actually put him on here? Not that I would know how to put him on here, but is it a better bit to not put him on or put him on? I haven't been able to figure that out. Yeah, we'll, we'll decide.
4: Cap, is, is Cap actually best suited to be a caller for ESPN Chicago that he is to be a host for ESPN Chicago just because it would drive him so crazy to try to call all the time that that would be like the best way to actually deploy him
1: yeah I don't know the answer to that but uh Teek, over to you (laughs) thanks
4: um yeah I mean unfortunately the
2: Clippers I mean we didn't see him play at, at any point during that um pretty ridiculous postseason that the Clippers had last year um as he was out with that back injury and Really, we haven't seen him a ton until these last couple weeks where deadline was on the horizon and it was showcase time. And he had some pretty big games. He had a big game against the Lakers um, where I think he put up 20-8. and eight. Like, he had some good games as he was coming back, but those were recent. And I think the writing was kind of on the wall and we knew that he might be on the move. And um, I think for the Bucks, I mean, it's a, it's a great move. They get a guy who's a veteran and, you know, you kind of know what to expect from him. He's going to be a seamless add to your locker room. And, you know, really... The Bucks needed two things here, and I think Ben kind of touched on it. Um, if they were going to make moves at the deadline, I think they needed um, Brook insurance of some sort, um, or anytime Brook's not on the court, whether he's healthy or not, can you have a real five out there so that other teams can't put their center on Giannis, and then guys who can eat up minutes defending Kevin Durant. I think those were your two archetypes that you were looking for if you were the Bucks, which is why it made sense that they were interested in Grant Williams from the Celtics and, you know, some of those guys. But um, I, I – I think if Serge Ibaka is healthy, which it seems like he's back from that back injury and, and he seems good, I, I think this is an amazing ad for the Bucs. Yeah. All
1: right, we're going to get Jonathan Hood, I think, on in a couple of minutes or a few here. No, Ben, you can stay until Jonathan's ready. I don't know if you want to uh, touch base with Jay Hood. Um, I want to get your takes, takes, guys, on a couple of the other moves. The the um, Porzingis move is really... I, I think that, listen, we had all heard rumors that... that Luca and Porzingis weren't best of friends. They weren't enjoying playing together. We all heard the rumors about Washington not wanting to have Dinwiddie there and the Bertans contract is awful. The straight, I'm going to give you two horrible contracts for one horrible contract, is, with those two teams, honestly, is not something I saw coming at all today. Like, did not see that one at all. And I've been wrong about Dallas a lot. I just have no idea how, Ben, this makes them better. Like how? Like, and I don't think Porzingis necessarily makes – like, what is Dallas – is Dallas failing at surrounding a superstar with talent?
5: I mean, yeah, no doubt. I mean, also, it's, it's, it speaks volumes to not being able to make it work with Porzingis. And Porzingis is starting to get that cancer vibe around him wherever he's been. I mean, think about the Knicks. I mean, obviously, that organization's a mess but then not being able to make it work with Luca, who seems like sort of a fun, you know, easygoing guy. He's a stretch-the-floor seven-footer. If you can't make that work, you have to give up on that. You're basically saying... But he doesn't want to play five.
1: That's the problem. He doesn't want to play the five,
5: it doesn't seem like. He, I mean, yeah, he doesn't. And I don't think he'd be good at it even if he did at this point with the way that the league's moving. Um, look, I, I, I love Luca, but the, at this point, the Mavs are not even relevant, you know, and like that's that's a hard thing for me to say, knowing that. I they're don't know that
1: really
5: you can go there. I mean, you think that they have a legitimate shot to win the West?
1: No, but I mean, they're the five seed in the West, at thirty-two and twenty-three, with with one of the greatest players in the world. To so say they're not relevant is a move stretch.
5: Made them pass or get anywhere no. close? That, that's relevancy to me. Again, I'm talking from a Bucks perspective. We're world champions, looking at trying to win the East. <laughs> we- yeah oh yeah i put me in there so my point is is if you have luca and you're the fifth seed in the west you're not relevant you're not close to the suns you're not close to the warriors sayonara you have Jokic at denver who's playing without his some of his best players he's doing better bringing them up you know rising the team up without uh a couple of guys so yeah i would say irrelevant to me um if luca's not able to get it done
1: thank you Benny. see ya bye aaron thoughts on uh on the porzingis field today
4: Evan, do you think, to spin this back to you, do you think that the Mavs are already, even though they just signed him to the, the first max, that they have to be thinking about Lucas' happiness long term?
1: Because that's. Yes, the they're already on the clock. They're the already on the of- clock. And that's part of it, though, is getting rid of Porzingis if he doesn't want him.
4: Well, and I so I think that that's where this is coming from as much as anything else. Because I'm with you. I don't think either team here really got better. And I don't think either one of these teams is really going anywhere. I mean, I I know the Mavs have a good regular season record. But at some point, don't they have to start winning playoff series with Luca? I mean, by the time LeBron got to year four, five, six, and he's a guy that's supposed to be on that level, LeBron was making the finals and winning 66 games in the regular season. So if they keep middling around, you know, only 10 games over 500, only 50 wins, but they have to go on the road, there's no way that he's going to stay there. They have a weird coaching situation to me with Jason Kidd. Just a very odd team to me right now. And I don't know what is their ultimate direction now to get another star to put with Luka. Because I think that's the only way they keep him there. And I think he could actually ask out before his contract ends up coming up. It, it, Russ said how, you know, happy he seems fun to play with. He seems like a difficult guy to please, to me. Just reading between the lines some a little bit with the Haralabob, Will Garrett. Uh, and the Carlisle stuff and- there's some pretty credible NBA people who have had a hard time getting along with
1: Luca. Yeah, I mean I think that and we'll get Jay Hood in a second here. Like I think your best point there, in my opinion, is like what is your means to an end for a second star? For Zingas, his upside was was theoretically that they're gonna have to give big money to Jalen Brunson this off season and he's really good, but he's not a second star. They just extended Dorian Finney Smith today, I think four for fifty two, which is a reasonable contract for you know a wing he's, role he's player defender 3d he's, well, he's fine like, a, but right. yeah they 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 don't have a means to an end to get a second star right now based on any tradable asset Jonathan hood captain J hood uh in chicago are you enjoying J hood how
0: frustrated cap is right now like does that make
1: you happy <laughs>
0: i've been seeing like in the little chat there You know cap saying take that you don't want that smoke and i'm like oh it's mornings all over again of course i mean i thought it was just a bit for the mornings but apparently he does this 24 hours a day so yeah, he's gonna fight man he's a fighter that's who that's what my partner is that's what he is all right Jay let's get i've been asking everybody that comes on first off the
1: thought of the big trade obviously harden simmons and then i want to get into the bulls with you who did not make a move today
0: obviously they've totally exceeded expectations but did not make a move today give me your harden simmons thoughts well, I think this is going to be great for Ben Simmons uh, for him to be in a new address. Um, this is going to be very interesting with him being with the Nets. Uh, you know, and I just thought that the, everything would work out with the Nets, you know, with Harden being there, with Irving, with Durant, but apparently not. So I think this is just new for Ben Simmons. It's a slippery slope, as you well know. You talked about this with Howard Beck this morning uh, on Sirius XM, the whole thing of the mental hurdles that he's going through. Maybe the mental hurdles is he just wanted to be in a new address. Maybe he just want to be someplace else. And hopefully for him, from his, for him, his standpoint, hopefully things will work out with a new team and the opportunity to win a championship. As far as uh, Philly is concerned, you know, my focus is on Doc Rivers in this scenario, right? The one championship, we know that he's going to, the, to, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer right now. But guys, I'm wondering, can he knock it down again? Can he win a second, second championship? Because how many iterations of Doc Rivers' teams that should have been, won the championship but never did? I, he's just a bridesmaid and not a bride. He was only a bride one time. Will he be able to win again? And now another great opportunity for him to win a championship. Can he do it now in this situation? It's a great point. And I haven't
1: even thought about it that way because I've had a, a long critique of Doc. I love Doc when he coaches teams that are shorthanded I hate him with the stars. I loved him in Orlando. I loved him in the post-Lob City Clippers days. Yeah, I didn't even think about it this year. I forget the the Celtics. I thought he underachieved. As crazy as that sounds, this year with the Sixers, he's without his second best player, and they're hovering around the one seed. That's the doc that actually is great. You're you're right, Jay Hood. Like now he's supposed to win it all immediately
0: again, and that's actually historically. When he's been bad. That's the one I'm concerned with. You are Doc Rivers. Hey, he's a great coach. We already know that. But can he be able to get over the top again with talented players? Can he win a championship? And the whole thing with Ben Simmons is just very fascinating to me because we can call him soft and we can say that, you know, he forced his way out of Philly. Hey, listen, it's the NBA if you don't want to be there you can go someplace else but hopefully from simmons standpoint he'll be able to flourish i like i mean it's a new it's a new place for him to play we'll just see what happens um but ben simmons who sat out didn't want to be you know I, what I understand went from just the facility to the crib and then back and forth he didn't do anything in between he was not in the streets of philly we'll see what happens now with him in a new place i i'm fascinated by all of this all right, let's
1: go to your team there that you're around on a regular basis. Obviously, you're talking about in Chicago, the Bulls. So right now they're sitting at the three-seat. They're 34-21, and DeRozan and Levine both all-stars. Vooch has been kind of up and down with them this year. They've gotten tremendous production, went healthy from Lonzo and Alice Caruso. Patrick Williams is a big topic of conversation as to whether or not they would move him. Are you surprised there were no moves for the Bulls tonight?
0: No, I'm not surprised. And by the way, I love the heat mm-hmm. top, by the way. Give me a few Thank minutes you. on give me a few minutes on Alan Give me a give me a couple of roll me a couple of I think he Rory died. Give me, give me a little Rory,
1: Sparrow. Rory Sparrow. would always be in the media room. I would always walk by and I'm like, wow, there's Rory Sparrow all of a sudden. Like randomly in the media room.
0: <laughs> give me a couple of give me some thoughts on the DJ's uh, styling of a run cycling. Give me a, a little give of that we're off again. The heat... If DJ Irene is a great DJ now. Then and Ronnie
1: Sykley for the have a long line of great DJs. So I want to be fair on
0: that. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm not surprised that the Bulls didn't make a move, right? I mean, because the move they have to make is to get healthy, and that means Caruso, that means Patrick Williams, uh, and so, and that means Lonzo Ball. So I think if they're going to get someone with the scrap heat, you know, as far as someone that can back up Vucevic I'm totally fine with it. But for once, Evan, for once, guys. I'm not bitching and complaining about the Bulls. All those years of, of, of Gar and Pax not making a move, you know what? No move was really necessary. Yeah, they didn't have to make a splash. The team has overachieved. The team has been around the top of uh, the Eastern Conference for a while here. So I, I'm not complaining. I feel at ease that the Bulls didn't have to make some major move here to make it better. The team's already good. And I think we all of us know that there's levels to this with the Bulls, right? And any team at Eastern Conference. Do the Bulls have a Giannis? No. Do they have an Embiid? No. Do they have a Ben Simmons? No. But I, I will take what's happening with the Bulls now than what I've seen the past 10 years of underachievement. I'll take this all the way. Okay. My only
1: counter to you is this. The Bulls theoretically have a guy, and he's he's okay, in Derrick Jones Jr. at $9.7 million. Could they, in theory, have kept Patrick Williams have kept Kobe White, used future-protected draft assets, and paired it with Derrick Jones Jr. to get somebody that's more significant than he is?
0: Well, I, I would say this. If you already have enough scoring, and I think the Bulls have enough scoring with DeRozan and with Levine and Busevich. Uh, if you already have enough scoring, what else could the Bulls need? They need someone on the interior defensively. Because one thing for sure the Bulls don't have, they don't have enough defense to take on some of the upper echelon teams in the East. You could do that and package that, but just understand, like, that next person that you that would come to the Bulls in that trade on the other end, what could they do for the team offensively, right? I mean, to, to me, you make that deal, fine. But exactly what does that player do outside of six fouls behind Vucevic? Yeah, well, I mean, listen, your partner,
1: Cat, that we've been talking about, I know I talked to him yesterday, and he, he wanted Jakob Hurdle from the Spurs, and the Spurs unloaded a bunch of guys today And they got a bunch of picks, and it seems like they are in a major rebuild. They made multiple in-season trades, which, as we know, they never do. So, I mean, as much as we hate to give Cap the credit on this, because we've been ragging on him as a joke
0: here, I mean, what about a Jakub Pertl deal? If you put Derek Jones Jr. in a protected future first for Jakub Pertl, would the Spurs have done that? I see the 12 and 13 points a game, but he wouldn't get that with the Bulls, though. There's only one basketball. There's so much scoring on this team, Evan, that if you have Jakub Pertl, What would he do? I mean, uh, solid defensively, not great, but solid defensively. And I think that behind Vucevic, if he gets into foul trouble, that's better than the center that they have right now, the Bulls. So that's the only way that i make a move like that. But again, just realize who the Bulls are. I mean, I think everybody that's been on this call believe that the Bulls are a great story. But are they the NBA champions? Are they going to win the East? I'm not sure, and I'm okay with waiting for that. That could be next year. That could be in a couple of years. Even with DeRozan playing way over his head and and playing so well at All Star level, I'm okay with what the Bulls have. If they find somebody off the scrap heap, you know, through waivers, like a, like you need this, uh, maybe it's freedom. Maybe it's freedom that you get six fouls You know, if even if uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, totally I don't think anymore. you want him. Yeah, I'm
1: well, fine if he doesn't he, play again. Uh,
0: he, he's almost he's almost done. That's for sure, right? I mean,
1: he's oh, I think done, he's like done. Like one more year, yeah, yeah. What about? Um, so you just said you know they don't have to do it this year. There's always next year with this team. They surprise. I don't know, Jonathan. If I agree with that, I, I, the the counter I have to that is there an argument to be made that this is actually their best shot of winning it all this year because of the fact they've overachieved. Because you just said, your words, DeRozan is playing over his head. That's true. You guys have been up and down on Vooch, right? And so if he's going down, he's not going to have value in return if you're going to move him in the offseason. Is there a counter to that to say, no, you know what? They actually should have gone for broke this year, and this is actually their best chance.
0: I just, okay, well, with Vucevic, I'm actually pro-Vucevic. I know some of the city that are not, I'm pro-Vucevic, because he walks in the building and gives you 20 and 10, right? He's not Wilt. I mean, he's not going to give you he's not a guy that's just going to give you offense and defense and get it. I mean, that's who he is. I saw him in Orlando. He's an offensive weapon. He's just not very good defensively. And again, the Bulls as a whole, when they don't have Lonzo Ball on the floor, um, they're not very. And, and when they don't have Caruso on the floor, they're not great defensively, especially uh, on the perimeter. So I but again, I think they have enough scoring. And you're right. Tomorrow's not promising in the NBA. But again, there's Giannis, there's the Nets, there's other teams that you have to deal with, and that's why I am saying I'm good right now. I mean, you, as you well know, everybody can't win the NBA championship, and everybody can't win the East. Miami's something to deal with as well. I saw the matchup last time the Bulls played Miami. It was it's tough. The Miami's so tough defensively and so well coached with Spolstra. That's something that the Bulls have to be concerned with as well. So that's why I say there's levels to all of this as far as the hierarchy of East. Yeah, that's a team as a Heat fan I'm not concerned
1: about. It's crazy. The Heat have owned the Bulls, as you just mentioned, this year. That's not a concerning team. Aaron, did you have something for Jonathan?
4: Yeah, I did. I, I just think I'd rather be the Cavs than the Bulls right now in just thinking about the two situations, the two teams. The Cavs guys are 23 and 20 years old and under contract for a long time, right? The Bulls guys are Levine, who knows what's going to happen there, right? We assume he's going to re-sign, but we don't know. And then you've got DeRozan, who's been in the league already forever. And then you've got Vooch. And again, I think about what is their means to really take the next step. So I think they've had an incredible season. But if I had to guess which team is going to be better, like, next year or two, three years from now, I'd much rather be where the Cavs are
0: than where the Bulls are. Well, I'll say this. And also, the Bulls are not a portal away from winning the east they're just not i mean they're stops away from winning to, you don't know you, to do, you, don't, you don't know that
4: you don't know that i just I, know I think I, injuries, I,
2: yeah i just know
0: the roster such
4: a big factor here yeah that like what, what if can't play like this can't play those are two injury prone guys and we've seen how much basketball these guys have already played the injuries are going to decide right who wins this conference i think more than any as much as anything else as much as anything that happened today
0: I think the injuries are going to be the biggest factor. So, Hammer, you're saying because the Cavs have younger assets and they have room to yeah. grow, you think yeah. the Bulls are more win now than over the next, say, three years they because they, be. it's because they're a veteran laden team, right?
4: I think they should be. I, I you can't throw away years.
1: Where you've
4: been the one seed
1: for the majority of the, and you got but I don't think that's a bold statement. Like I'm not trying to crap on it, Aaron. I think that's kind of obvious that, like, because the Cavs are made up of all young guys. Here's the one X factor before, and we gotta let somebody go, and then we get to Emmett, whoever Tuttik decides to get rid of here. Um, here's the one X factor, Jonathan. Is what if Patrick Williams is what they think he could be, which is kind of like four man's collide.
0: And if that's the case, then everything looks different with this team. Yeah, that's why I didn't want him to be in a deal, right? He's 20 years old. All I keep hearing is that he's got quiet tendencies. LeBron gives him a great compliment. Uh, He could have been in the starting rotation for Florida State, but they were deep. And so he was a sixth man. And so he had limited minutes, but you could see he was a raw talent, Evan. He was raw. And so that's part of the future of this uh, basketball team, too. Uh, out of all the unrestricted free agents, Levine is one of them. I expect him to return, and then along with Lonzo Ball and that team. Yeah, you know what, Aaron? It is a little bit of an older team. It's not as it's it's not the Cavs, but still, I'll take my chances. But we always know either it's in the East or the West. Someone holds the rest, everyone else down, right? When you think you have a good basketball team, someone else has a star that keeps you down. And at this point in time, it's it's the Nets, uh, and it's Philly. And it's Milwaukee right now. We'll see. All right. Thank you to somebody. Fatigue, who's who's leaving and who's joining?
2: Emmett Golden is joining. I don't know uh, who wants to leave. I'm not kicking someone off. I mean, that's not... That doesn't seem like something I'd have a good time doing. Jonathan,
0: are you driving? If you have to drive, then you get kicked off. (laughs) I am not driving. I'm I'm here for the long haul. Okay. So I dare you to take me off. I dare you. A double dog dare you. All right, Aaron, you're good.
1: Thank you, Aaron Golden. We're going to trade Cleveland. We're gonna tra- I I didn't know if Jonathan was driving. Okay. We'll get we'll get Emmett in here on this. Emmett Golden, of course, ESPN Cleveland, um, on in the afternoons, and uh, as part of um, ESPN Cleveland's lineup. There's Emmett. There he <laughs> is. Right. Get Aaron out of here. <laughs> uh, uh, please, Aaron, ever. <laughs> I'm gonna start. I start us off with the same thing I started everybody off on. Give me your Simmons hard and take. You got it. It's the biggest deal by a mile. Honestly, one of the biggest trades in sports in a long time.
3: Yeah, yeah. I actually like it on the 76ers side, right? Because you know you send away Ben Simmons, a guy that has given you zero all year. Right? You're not subtracting him from the team because he subtracted himself. And I guess that's cool nowadays if you're Ben Simmons, but that's a whole other story. So you're subtracting him, and then you're adding a guy that can give you 30 when he's happy. And he's obviously going to be happy because he didn't want to be with the Nets. The Nets are a mess. Um, even if you add Simmons, right, we saw him, pressure situation, scared to dunk the ball or lay the ball up. And then after his teammates and coach was kind of upset with him, he quit on them. So what is he going to do if the Nets have to play in Philly? During the during the playoffs, how how is he going to be when he walks in that environment? Because I was there when LeBron James came back to Cleveland the first time. It was the most hostile environment I ever seen in my life. And Philly is worse than Cleveland when it comes to fans. So how is he going to perform in that situation? Kyrie's not playing home games if the Nets have. Uh, Home court advantage in the playoffs. You're going to have one of your best players for less than half of the series. I just think the Nets are a total mess, and I like uh, the 76ers and what they did with that deal. Hey, you just just brought
1: up an amazing hypothetical. All right, if you're the Nets, so Emmett Golden, you're running the Nets. You have a a series in the playoffs against the Sixers. Are you more uncomfortable with your team on the road at Philly with Simmons in Philly or at home against Philly without Kyrie? which one is a worse situation for you?
3: On the road in Philly, to me, is is the worst. So you'd rather
1: not have Kyrie than have to deal with what he's going to have to deal with there.
3: Yeah, because we all we I mean we've seen it, and it's not like taking a shot at the guy. Everybody handles stuff differently. And I don't know how he's going to handle that. You know, I mean, we know KD can go in a hostile environment and do his thing. Same with Kyrie. Right. I mean, we know James can do the same thing. A lot of guys can handle their business. We already know that Ben in a, a, a crazy situation can tighten up a little bit. And I, I can't imagine what Philly would be like when Ben Simmons walks on the floor. Um, so, yeah, I would be much more comfortable at home in that series than I would on the road.
1: Uh, Let me talk to you about, I'm going to get to your team, but I want to talk to you about your um, native son, LeBron James. So I just saw a report here from Chris Haynes, phenomenal NBA reporter for Turner, who said, I want to make sure I have this right because I just saw this coming across here. There was a trade, okay, he says the Lakers declined the Rockets' offer of John Wall and a first-round pick for Russell Westbrook.
0: I mean, it's um, a, it's was. Well, the same difference, right? I mean, so another wait, aging, wait. so another aging veteran on that squad. No, 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 no. wait, hut. You may not, uh, you may not have heard me correct. If I'm reading
1: this right, we need somebody to, to check on this at, at NBA on TNT. The Lakers would receive a first round pick, not give up a first round pick. And if that match. is. Yeah. It says here I'm looking. Chris Haynes says Lakers decline Rockets offer of John Wall and a first round pick for Russell Westbrook.
3: Yeah, when it says a first round pick, like in what year? You know, was it next year? Who like, cares? I mean if it's in twenty twenty eight. If you're getting a first but damn it, if, what
1: you can't if you're getting a first round pick, if you're getting a first round pick for Russell Westbrook, you make that that has to be wrong. It probably he's probably said the other way. It has to be Russ and a first for Wall. It has to be what it is, right? I mean, that's that's crazy. All right, so let me ask you about LeBron. You have covered him forever. Um, what what is he thinking right now? What is he going through right now? They didn't make any moves, they're not a good team. I'm on the record as saying it's official today, Frank Vogel's done. Like we knew that before, but now You can't blame Russ because you can't move him. Nobody's blaming LeBron, and they're not blaming AD, even though they should blame AD a little bit more than they do. Sorry, Hoodie, I know he's a Chicago guy. But what is is LeBron going through? What is he going to do, E, with all of this?
3: Yeah, right now, as far as I know, being around LeBron as much as I have, just get me to the playoffs. We just got to get to the playoffs. If we get to the playoffs, even if it's the play-in or anything like that, LeBron will go nuclear and give his team a shot. I'm not saying he's going to get him to the finals or anything like that. Just get to the playoffs. Now, contract-wise and being comfortable and all that stuff where he's at, LeBron is never forced to trade. Every contract he signed, he's played it until the last day of it. And I think he's always going to do that. It's one of the things I respect about LeBron. Even though he left Cleveland twice, he never forced his way out of Cleveland never forced his way out of anywhere so he made his bed and he's always willing to lie in it because I think he believes in himself and he says you know what I like my chances if you get me into the playoffs especially if AD is healthy so I think that's all it is right now LeBron never panics because he is arguably the greatest basketball player that ever lived I said arguably for all you Chicago fans out there um, but <laughs> but yeah he's, he's alright you know he, he just get him to the playoffs Okay,
1: I get see. him to the playoffs. With what, though?
3: Yeah. Right, with the luck of God.
0: Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I pray for every Sunday. The luck of God. All the luck of God. Somehow, some way I just need to get to the playoffs. You
3: know? Yes. Uh, maybe It's another team falling off. Like, it doesn't matter how it happens. But we know. LeBron is money whenever you know the playoffs roll around. So I think that's how he's feeling again. I think he wanted a lot of these guys that are here. So you can't be upset with yourself when the team is, you know, essentially asking for your input and you're helping get guys here, your your friends and guys you used to play with. So he made his bed and I think he tell you right now he believes in some of those guys. Man, just, just get him to the playoff I, I, I just love the idea
0: of the coin flip of God Just the, the, the luck right. Just the luck of the draw right. Just the, the, the luck of God That's the best That's going to be my new book Emmett That's yeah. my new book I like the too, right? Yes yeah. like, oh, I don't know I don't know I don't know I don't the good Lord brought to you by DraftKings. It's great. I love, I love, cover, I love five. It. cover
1: five. Cover five. Prateek just signed him up for God is on cover five right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, honey, honey, you started nodding your head when I talked about AD. I think AD is getting a little bit of a free pass. I know he's been hurt. But if Anthony Davis emerged to become the best player on that team, yeah. and LeBron theoretically at this point in his life could be closer to the second best player, they may not have this many problems. And I have... I've had a big issue with, it, with Anthony Davis recently because, and it really hit me at the end of last year, like, we saw how unbelievable, and Pertique saw it up close and personal, how unbelievable Drew Holiday was. But AD had that dude as his running mate and did squat with him, right? Like, he, he ain't a Batman. He is
0: a permanent Robin, and we have learned that, I think, over the last couple of years more than ever. Well, he's not Batman. Uh, he's Catwoman, or he's Alfred. That, that's what he is he's not even Robin. he's not even good enough to be the second best i'm just telling you and the reason why is because you know charles barkley calls him street clothes for a reason because you always see him in street clothes i mean and it's it's so unfortunate to me because what you want is in what lebron wants is like hey man i can't be out there 82 games but i know that you're young enough to help me along he's supposed to be a strong number two a compliment to LeBron James, and he's never available, and not available enough. So the criticism of Anthony Davis is correct. The whole thing for me, when they put, when LeBron put this team together, was the health of Anthony Davis. It wasn't about LeBron. It wasn't about Rajon Rondo. It wasn't about you know Carmelo Anthony. It, it was really about whether or not Anthony, uh, that Anthony could help this team. And Anthony Davis just has not. He, whether it was with New Orleans or with Los Angeles, always hurt. And if you're unavailable, you can't help a basketball team. So I'm not going to put it all on Davis, but I know a lot of it should
3: be on him because he's never available. Yeah. A wise man once told me, Hoodie, that once you start getting hurt, it don't stop. You know, and I think you can see that uh, with AD. Like, it just seems like it's not going to end. So street clothes, as brutal as it may be, is is fairly accurate. Was that somebody telling you
1: you're getting old, Emmett, Or were you saying that about sports?
3: I'm saying about sports. You know, I okay. haven't had an injury uh, in a while, except one time I almost broke my foot when I dropped a beer on it, but that's the whole thing. <laughs> oh Got man. it, okay. Ian, uh, e, are, su-
1: are you surprised the Cavs didn't make another move after Karis Levert?
3: I am, um, but I also think that Kobe Altman saw what was happening and thought to himself, why would I give up assets when I can just go after some of these guys in the buyout market? Um, because I think that's what they're going to focus on for that secondary ball handler, that backup point guard. I know Aaron said Rondo has been pretty good. I don't think Rondo's been great. He hasn't been terrible, but I think you can upgrade that position. And right now, this team goes as Darius Garland does, and he's dealing with a cranky back, and I've dealt with back issues for years, so I know how that can linger. Uh, They definitely need to you know, get somebody a little better than Rondo or get a little more help. So I was surprised, but I think Kobe figures that he can probably find somebody on the buyout market instead of just giving up some assets for him. All right, let's bounce around, kind of
1: open-ended for any of you that you want to jump in on this, in terms of the most surprising things that we haven't gotten to yet from this trade deadline. I'll just throw a few. The Lakers' moves, lack thereof. Knicks, lack thereof. No Jeremy Grant trade. I was surprised Phoenix didn't use Dario Saric's contract at 8.2, 8.3 in some sort of move. That surprised me. I was surprised that that, um, Eric Bledsoe with Portland, um, Ricky Rubio in Indiana weren't used as a, I'm going to trade the expiring deal in essence, take on bad money but get paid off. And maybe the biggest surprise, believe it or not, and it's a random under-the-radar thing, Oklahoma City not taking in bad contracts to reach the salary floor and taking that $22, $23 million that they owe, and now we'll redistribute it amongst the current players they have on the roster by the end of the season, unless they sign buyout guys for $23 million, which I don't think they're going to do, um, to get to the salary score. I guess we'll, we'll just go around. Critique anything. Like, What surprised you today of the either non-moves or moves that we haven't dove into that much here?
2: Yeah, I think outside of everything you listed, um, one of the things that stuck out to me was I think for the first time the Spurs have like embraced the tank. Um, And they got Mm -hmm. some great draft assets, which is not something we've really seen. And I think part of that is, you know, like Pop's been there forever. But um, another thing was I thought the Raptors made a lot of sense for Miles Turner. And I wasn't sure after this bonus trade whether they were looking to move Turner or if they kind of had decided between the two. But I thought that Goran Dragic plus draft assets was going to end up being Miles Turner. I thought he made so much sense there. I thought the Raptors would be more aggressive. I know they ended up getting Thaddeus Young. and uh, You know, the Raptors are a team that's still... Um, I don't think they're in the, they're obviously not in that upper echelon of East contenders. They're really good. They are
1: really good.
2: They are really good and they play in such concert and they're so well coached. And, um, you know, if you get another two months of Scotty Barnes experience under his belt before the playoffs, um, they, I mean, they're going to, they could be a problem, especially if they stay healthy, um, which is why I thought they might have gone all in for someone like Miles Turner. But um, that was a surprising move I didn't see happen. You mentioned Jeremy Grant. I thought, I thought the Pistons
1: would find a way to move him and they didn't do that either. Uh, I was I, convinced that the Nets were going to get Miles Turner today with that Joe Harris contract in the Picks. Hood, go ahead. Sorry. There's
0: a couple things. Um, I thought Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken, they didn't make a move today, right? Timberwolves? No, they did not. not. No, no. I was... I was surprised. You know, that's been a very under-the-radar, quiet story, the Timberwolves, right? I didn't expect them to be this good here in the regular season, but I'm surprised at that. Also, Tommy Shepard. Boy, you talk about a guy that is trying to make sure he's not drowning, right? He wanted to make sure that he was making some moves here. And I liked what they, they were doing there with the, the Wizards. Like, like, after Russell Westbrook, I, and I thought, okay, you have this one asset in Bradley Beal. What are you going to do, right? I mean, and so I liked that Shepard had some movement. It didn't feel like Indiana-Sacramento... Where he just is changing assets just to do it. I thought that Washington has some kind of plan here for the future. I don't know what Beal thinks about it, but I like what Shepard did today as the GM. I, I love that take because, and that is the
1: that is the perfect example of why they robbed the Lakers with that Westbrook deal because it's an easier exit strategy when you when you t- turn Westbrook into three pieces versus one, and it doesn't work out for you. They have like seven, they have, or before tonight. they have like seven guys who are making between nine and $17 million. Those are tr- all tradable contracts. And we saw, obviously, with the Lakers that you can't do that. E, Anything that surprised you that we haven't really jumped into here?
3: Well, I don't think we, and you guys touched on it, talked about it some, but I don't think we made a big enough deal about what the Bucks did and getting a baka. You know, mm-hmm. we, we focused on the Sixers and the Nets, and, and Hoodie, to your point, when you say there's always that team, but the young teams try to come up. There's the teams that hold you down, and, I mean, the Bucks, reigning champions, they got an MVP, right, and they just added a guy with tons of playoff and experience um, that's great in the paint, can even hit the outside jumper, and I think I think the Bucs got a lot better, and they don't have the issues that the sixers or the nets have so i think that's nobody's really talking about that nationally i understand why because it's obviously a bigger story but i think the the Bucks made the most out of the trade deadline today and the right, old bing bo- and the old bing bong Knicks.
0: all of that <laughs> of like, all that bing bong all that talk right <laughs> what the hell are you doing nicks what are you doing I they mean, stink. I, no, wait. I understand that they're the greatest. Just ask them, right? I mean, I know they're the best. <laughs> but, but but this whole thing, I mean, Thibodeau's gonna be pissed right now. Where's the movement? You gotta be able to do something. I mean, do you really think you can run your offense through Julius Randle and win a championship? Come on, now. You 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 have it listen. If it's the new Knicks, you've got to be able to make some movement here. You just can't stand pat on deadline day. It's crazy. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Well, I think. Jonathan, I think
1: that they were undercut a little bit by the sabonis Halliburton deal because I think that they were going to make a fox Randall deal and the Kings just went nuts and traded a guy in a rookie contract who, I mean, everyone thinks is going to be great. And I'm not saying Sabonis is not great. I That's the problem with the Knicks there in terms of that move. But I agree with you. I mean, they made, they made horrible moves this offseason. Many of us said it at the time. And the other thing is, I mean, you covered them. I am no longer convinced that Tom Thibodeau and the front office are on the same page. When you give up a first-round pick for a player in Cam Reddish and he can't play on that team, I'm all about, Evan and Pratik know this, I'm all about training and earning your stripes. I get all that. But, like, when you're giving up your most important thing, like a first-round pick, to get something, you kind of, like, fast-forwarded that process a little bit. Wow, dead air for the first time. Yeah,
3: no question. (laughs) I mean, that shows you what Thibodeau thought. You know, that just shows you what he thought of when the deal was made. Because you're right. You would think that guy would be out there playing. Might even start, right? You know, because you are trying to justify it. So it lets you know what Tibbs thinks about him.
0: Yeah, I was Uh, was going to say, Thibodeau with a disconnect with with the front office was a shocker. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Prateek, we we have a minute left. Is that what it says or no?
2: Yes, it's telling me we have one minute left.
3: Okay, final word, uh, Emmett Golden, final word. Uh, we are finally gonna find out in Cleveland what the Cavs would have been with Colin uh, Sexton. Just, we got him now, he's six inches taller.
0: So that's what the Cavaliers, I think, got when they brought in Levert. So eh, don't be surprised if the Cavs go deep in the playoffs. This- so there you have it. The first time doing an Instagram Live for Good Karma Brands. I'm sure we'll be doing more in the future. Don't forget, my friends, to check out the Another Hood Basketball Podcast on Spotify, the ESPN Chicago app, or wherever you get this podcast. Thanks so much, man. We love giving you basketball coverage. Just remember, Basketball is Hood with me, Jonathan Hood.